Hey, it's the Saturday Friends Club. Oh, and we're actually meeting on a Saturday. For it once. is. It's very unusual. We came in on a Saturday. We're recording on a Saturday. We're live on KC Arch Radio on a Saturday. We're coming in hot on a Saturday. I know. It's and it's you know, it's it's nice. We've got a, we've got a full crowd here this week. Yeah, all four all four command chairs in our like in our like battle stations are all are all full. Oh, nice. I appreciate that for today's topic of aliens. Ooh. Alien. Ali- I'm sorry. Yeah, Alien. Boy. Get it right. It's difficult when you make a movie that like their sequel is just adding an extra letter. It, it was confusing when I did some initial Googling and I was like, Aliens. I was like, I, this isn't the one that I watched. Well, because think, think about that's it. That's the James Cameron There's touch. only one <laughs> in the first movie. It's there's no. only one in the first movie. Yeah. The, the first movie is like Diet Alien and then yeah, <laughs> and you then, have the full And then the next calorie. one is when they just blow everything at you. Yeah. Th- then they should have made like the third one alienist. Uh the name no. the, the <laughs> name of alien of the third alien movie is the least of his problems. They, they could have done something edgy and made the S like a 2 on aliens. <laughs> oh, like yeah. so, like 7. Yeah. Hey, so welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. Uh we get together and we talk about stuff that we enjoy to watch and find out if it's still good after all this time. I'm Josh, Sabrina's here. Hello. We've got Eric. Hello. And we've got our friend Rex in again. Hi, hello. You get actually a good set of movies this time. Yeah, finally. <laughs> finally you've redeemed yourself. I, I I yeah. Well, you know, basketball was a, a choice decision. made. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> certain organs are already retracting into my body. Uh, well, don't worry, because they're about to be fully exposed. I'm glad I don't have that, that problem. Have. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have that problem. No. Well, my uh, organs stay where they just, are. Hoof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait you're older. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this selection of Alien is brought to you by Eric, though, unfortunately. Brought to you by the, to you by the Eric Council. Yes. Though, unfortunately, much like this movie, it went beyond the containment procedures because oh. someone else was claiming uh, was claiming so ownership of this. we were trying to pick topics for this week, and I picked one, and Sabrina's like, mm, I want to do that one. <laughs> And she like didn't veto it, and we had all this time, and we watched all these movies. And then she comes to me today, and it's like I want to do that movie, and I have so much to say about it, and I'm insulted that's even next to Predator. This is like grade school arguing. <laughs> and I will like. Yes, that's exactly how that conversation went. Yeah, and then like I, I I'm like playing. It's like the meme with like the woman like yelling at the cat. <laughs> Just, my favorite one of those is like the Egyptian version. Yes. If you've seen oh, yeah. the hieroglyphics. Beautiful. Uh, I like uh, oh, they combine it now with the cat going like, meh. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have definitely two seasoned pros in the Alien series. Oh, well, the Ugh. Alien series and the Alien movie. I bust out my DVD copy of this movie to watch it. Oh, so, wow. Okay. We okay. did have one. Oh, boy. But then Joshua was like, no, I'm just going to download it and then we can watch it on the TV. Even though I totally bought you the full, complete set of you, Alien you movies. You gave him the disc and he's like, what is this strange? Artifact. I know. And he's the one who bought it for me. And what I was a like, diva. Why? That was old Josh. This is new Josh. New Josh like, only streams things. I that- have the DVD. And, I, and this was like, I was so grateful for this gift too. And I have yet to like actually open it up and play any of the movies. That is like a DVD, DVD. I require Blu ray quality minimum. <laughs> <All right. sighs> Anyways. I can only watch this movie on Betamax. <laughs> Oh no! I I need the it is superior I, film quality of VHS, even I, if the runtime's only an hour. I need the raw <laughs> format disc, the uh, the the giant cylinder laser disc, like a yeah. deli slicer. <laughs> Make a ham sandwich while you're watching the movie. <laughs> Man, all right, there's so much service here. There's nowhere for the flavor to hide. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's, we'll start since it was technically Eric's choice, but we'll get back to you, love. Eric, what is your uh, your background with Alien? Uh, I don't even know where I would start with this one. I just like I like this movie is awesome, and I'd seen it as a kid, and I would watched it routinely, and like every time, like yeah, this movie still just totally rules. And um, I'm a big proponent of like the much like the Alien franchise and the Predator franchise and the AVP franchise, like or actually no, scratch that last part. The fr- <laughs> like the Alien and Predator franchise, the first movie is awesome, and then it goes like down like down the hill. Uh, the video games are in the same way. The the very first PC game is immaculate and awesome, even for all of its bad parts. Uh, and then every game after it has been like a ter- terrible disappointment. Mm. Though I've not played Isolation. Mm. I've heard that's good. It is so friggin' good. I it first is so good. I first watched. Girl. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. When you're playing Alien Isolation, it's like you're back. In the Alien movie, everything's perfect. The atmosphere is perfect. The perfect. sound design do you re- is perfect. Do you rescue a cat in the game? No. It's in the DLC. It's missing the kitty cat. Oh. But it, it's also a much bigger place. Though they do have a DLC where you actually like go through part of the first movie and it actually has like Sigourney I, Weaver. Okay, yeah. and, I, haven't, cool. I haven't played that part. I only played through part of Alien Isolation. I actually had to watch someone else... I first watched someone else play it, then I downloaded it to play it, but it is actually really scary, so I've only been able to get through part of the game, and I wanted to finish the first game before I decided to do the DLC. I played, I just played the AVP, like, PC game, which was awesome, and Alien is, by, of course, by far my favorite, because it is, like, a cool, like, really rap, like, fast-paced, like, the humans can kill you in one or two hits, but you can kill them in one hit. So you're running around at a million miles an hour, like leaping and jumping and hacking mm-hmm. heads off and sneaking around. That you does can, sound like really fun. You can like you can sneak up on them and hiss and like they panic. And when they panic, they're not aiming their guns at you. So they'll start running and you can run up behind. Yeah. That's them. interesting. My yeah, my favorite part of playing Alien Isolation is when I somehow lure lure. 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 That's a weird word. Lure. Lure. Thank you. Lure. The alien to a place that has a bunch of other people that are a holes and and then nice. they go and then it goes and it kills them for you that that part's great i i just i just i always love in that game like um you, you can like in that game you can crawl on any surface like if you hold on like crouch it like glues you where surface you can just run over walls and everything like at full speed mm-hmm. so i love just like crawling on the ceiling and you can like look down at humans and then like just drop down on top of them and like, this has been our game review. Yeah, it really aliens. is. But this sh- I'm just saying, this is like, I actually think that I might have played this game before I watched the movie. And then I huh. watched the movie and, like, this is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, like, the only thing is, Aliens is the rare, like, sequel that's, like, perhaps not as good as the original movie, but it's still a very good movie. I well, I've heard people say that Alien is a horror movie and yes. Aliens is an action movie. I, I, I have my, my science fiction teacher in school insisted that like, Alien is a horror movie masquerading as a science fiction movie and Aliens is a science fiction movie masquerading as a horror movie. Well, still Alien, it, like the first movie itself, is like a janitor's keys of like all that too, right? <laughs> yes. Like it's it's got the action, it's got the drama, it's got mm-hmm. the story, it's got the horror. Yeah. It's a perfect like... 
like yeah. crockpot stew. Yeah, basically anyone who talks about and breaks down the movie pretty much says Alien. The reason it's so scary is because you don't see that much of it until yes. like yeah. the very end. They, they, they did so much with a four million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. I, th- I th- yeah, I think they're different movies, but they're I think they're good in their own ways. I I still prefer the first one. Yeah. All right, uh, Sabrina, your uh, your familiarity Minority with, Report here with uh, a <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. Yeah. Uh, so why you your history? Yeah, I've watched it since I was a kid. We had both the first and the second movie on VHS, so I grew up watching it a lot. It is one, if not the one of the movies that I just love to go back to constantly. Yeah. How many alien toys are in our apartment? <laughs> Uh, I think B is basically a face hugger. <laughs> she definitely jumps up as enough. She's definitely like. Whoosh. I actually don't have that many. I definitely have more on my wish list that we don't have. You were incensed today, and why were you incensed? Because I realized I didn't have a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, she started looking at T-shirts and was like. And I was just went like, yes, every single one of these would gain you entry into a metal concert. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my god, I love this movie. I have merchandise for it, but I don't have any like shirts or anything. And I'm like, what kind of weirdo am I that I have all the figurines? But to be fair, I'm more like I'm going to gravitate towards the toys first. You and do then- a xenomorph statue on your like on yeah, your like shelf. A little xenomorph action figure. Um. That way, she, the xenomorph can fight uh, Batman uh, and Batwoman. Yeah, it'd be a really good, uh, really good. That'll fight. be a very short fight. Man, <laughs> actually, rem- I'm remembering back when I first started going to conventions like 15 years ago. Somebody made a fan film that was Batman versus Predator, and you just die. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty good, but the very end there was just a stinger when Batman beats the Predator. And basically, just like at the very end, it's just like, and then there's an alien hiding out in the shadows. And it's like, oh, damn. <laughs> I, I, I can't see Batman winning in that in that matchup. No. The Predator's invisible. Yeah, but he's also like a trillionaire. Batman, you know. Yeah, but like it's, the Predator's invisible and has like a it has a shoulder cannon. Remember, there there's always the Batman equation equation where if you hey, give Bruce Wayne enough time and money, he can kill everything. Yeah, according or, or take out everything. Uh, I'm say, in, in Predator Two, uh, the Predator does kill Gary Busey, and I consider that like a, like I mean, if he can <laughs> a, Gary a Busey with like an ice gun, then he can take out Batman. Come on. All right. Uh, let's see, Rex, did you have much uh, experience with the alien? Uh, so a little bit. I, I was I, I was very squeamy with a lot of like horror movies like when I was oh. a little kid. I, yeah, I'm, I'm still a huge like huge wuss on horror movies. So this oh, is, man. This is my type of horror movie that I can like get down with this. Oh, because well, uh, it like Alien itself is particularly gruesome. Like it has that like 80s like grungy like just like meant to make you barf Every, everything was um, like everything is like all is like made of like lubed up rubber yeah oh like everything can, is lubed up rubber and actual like animal organs yeah yes. yeah they, they, they use like dead fish and clams for like the inside of like the face huggers i guess mm-hmm. but um yeah like like i i wouldn't go out of my way to watch those movies but my friend luke uh that i went to grade school with like he exposed me to all those movies, like other than like the earnest movies that he made me watch, and like Gremlins, <laughs> like, uh, which we are fans of, oh, yeah. But like it, it was like a weird like 
like just one of those like movies where you don't want to look at it, but you can't look away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially since I was so young, I really couldn't fully process everything that I was watching. Like it was more visual than just like story. But like I, I, I went like a very long period of time. Like I, I went from gr- watching it in grade school all the way up until I was maybe like 27 before I watched it again. Mm-hmm. And so like having like a grown up mind to it and, and like understanding all the symbolism and like after going like going through film school and everything and like appreciating the editing that <laughs> there, they do. It was just like a w- completely different experience. Way more dicks in this than I noticed before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that was all by design. Yep. Uh, I am a nice, good, sweet boy, and I don't watch horror stuff that often. Uh, so I feel like I was at least in my 20s before I ended up watching Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean you're a, a wuss? No. You're a wussy boy? I'm not a wussy boy, oh, sweetie. You're totally a wussy no, boy. A He's really into it. You'll, actually, you'll, you'll find out the origin of wussiness come next episode. Um, but um, no, I mean, I didn't watch it. I think this is probably like my third or fourth time. I obviously live with someone that lives and breathes the Alien series. So, you know, watching it is kind of... We brought this... Uh, when, when it was brought up, there was actually the conversation of... Do we need to watch this again? Because it kind of is something that is always on our rotation. Right. Uh, to which we did. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did as well. And I was like, gosh, still good. Yep. Still good. <laughs> yeah. I still mean, amazingly. There, yeah. It, this is, again, if you cannot tell, a high five episode yeah. where we're just going to be like, yep, it's, this is sweet. It's not even just about the alien, you know, the xenomorph. It's it's about like the way this movie was shot. Oh, yeah. Like. Every special effect, every set design. Mwah. Can, can, can I can I mwah. can I flex real quick? Yes, just a little flex. All right, Go let ahead. me see it. Uh, <laughs> I want to so, see that ripple. I, I was I was dating this guy uh, in DC, and we went to his friend's house. And my, my the guy that I was dating was like he a worked, worked in movies. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. But his. Uh, uh, his uh, the guy I was dating his name was Kevin and like he did like editing for like TV shows I guess and like local news things uh, but one of his friends I guess did like post-production or special effects for um, I think one of the Prometheus movies oh okay oh, no. um, and this is way like before it came out I guess yeah but like we went to his apartment to like stay the weekend there and he handed me one of the actual tiny mouths from the original alien movie and i have Ooh. pictures of it so like i got to hold one of the little metal tiny mouths like it was oh, really so really cool. cool like i had no idea like that yeah. and it was just like hanging on his kitchen counter so like that, that that's my flex i'm done they flexing, probably had but. so many of those too yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah it, it was one of the copies like yeah. you said there were tons of them but oh. Yeah. That's so cool. Really neat. I want a prop of the actual chest burster one of these days. When I have the money, I want an actual chest burster from one like of the little, movies. Like a little puppet? Or, I don't care. Or the actual, like... A, like, yeah, whatever uh, the actual prop was they used to do I, that. I bet those are, like, super expensive. They probably are, but like it's, the, it's you, a dream, so... That's true. It's, like, it's, it's a GoFundMe dream. That's yeah. What you, can do. <laughs> you, you realize that if you get a chest burster, I am going to put a or, hat and give it a cane, and it's going to dance across <laughs> oh, our apartment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a face hugger. Because in my research, the original alien head like is in the Smithsonian, so it's an important wow. film. Yeah, you know, I I need to go to DC one of these days because I I want to go to the Smithsonian because I hear it's a really good, it's fabulous, it's, it's dope. A really good museum. Parts of it are. <laughs> <laughs> Eric always being the uh, the realist here. I've been to a, I'm, I'm a, I've been to a lot of museums. Eric. I've seen a lot of exhibits. Once you've seen Eric's, one, you've seen them all. Eric's you know? the great uncle of the group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just is the, is the cooling saucer to the Saturday Friends Club. <laughs> I'll accept that mantle. <laughs> 
All right. Well, shall we get down into it? Oh, shall yeah. we go ahead and answer the distress signal? Let uh, everyone, let's everyone get spray painted down, lubed up, and get ready to fight some like aliens in a sweaty well, let's, corridor. Let's board the Nostromo. Uh, let's go ahead and deal with alien. Alien is a 1979 science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon. Based on a story by O'Bannon and Ronald Sushet. Uh, Sushet, I guess. All right. Uh, Follows the crew of commercial space rig Tug Nostromo who encountered the eponymous alien, a deadly and aggressive extraterrestrial set loose on the ship. It stars a whole bunch of people. I'm going to get really wrong on this. Uh, Tom Skerritt. All right, that's nice. Go go for it. Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, a.k.a. Bill Baggins, mm-hmm. and Yafit Koto. And produced by Gordon Carroll, David Glyer, a bunch of people from Brandywine Productions, distributed by 20th Century Fox, which is the reason why the Predators and the... And Same greater universe. universe. Yeah. And, the, and, and the creepy little no man behind all this is Swiss artist H.R. Geiger. Yep. Oh, yes. R.I.P. That's yeah, true. I, that's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and yes, Geiger is all over this, considering the fact that they pretty much used all of his really creepy art. Yeah. For... As inspiration. Yep. My favorite H.R. Geiger, like, bit trivia bit is he had like a bronze xenomorph statue on his front lawn for a while and then neighbors <laughs> complained because it was frightening children and dogs <laughs> can i have that statue i think he, i don't think he gave it up damn it it's that or a shirt you have to pick one <sighs> yep that's such a hard Ooh, choice i actually i actually want hr geiger's like baron harkonnen chair from the the terrible dune david lynch movie I don't know. I would want, like, if, if I had the capabilities uh, to have, like, a full-size alien, what I would want to do is, like, construct a, like, shelving unit and just put the alien behind them, like, the last scene of the movie. Ooh. So, basically, you're just like, oh, sweet, let me just light this candle. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, anything that we want to do before we get down to the beats of this here movie? Um... Like as far as uh, well, I, I'd like to say like this like the the man behind this one of the scriptwriters Dan O'Bannon uh, is a guy who has been who was extremely influential at this time on a bunch of different movies and it really shows in this and then he's he's like all other things. Uh, the the kind of predecessor to this was a movie called Dark Star, which I have yeah, seen. Yeah, I was just about to talk about it's that. A, it's oh, so you've seen okay, cool. Uh, that was written by him and John Carpenter of '80s Ooh. synthesizer fame. Oh. And it, John and it was basically a student film that they then kicked to like a uh, a full like movie, and, you know, shoestring budget, like extremely shoestring. There's a killer beach ball. Yeah, there's an yeah. Uh, but there's but there is a <laughs> sequence beginnings. in it. Yeah, there is a sequence in it in which an alien is on their ship and is like running around in the air ducts and they're trying to find it. But it's like comedic in that movie. Uh-huh. It's like it's a very like Douglas Adamsian like sci- sci-fi 
horror comedy. Kind of slapsticky. Yeah, slapstick. Would, would you almost say a killer clowns from outer space level? No, no. <laughs> no, it's the humor is I, the humor is very Douglas Adams in that it's just like it's the future and there's all this high technology, but like the humans in it are all are all these kind of eccentric nuts and everything's irrational and weird. Um, but yeah, the alien runs around the air duct and it is definitely made out of a beach ball. It goes eh, 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 yeah, <laughs> and jumps around. Um, I also, yeah, that this it's a movie where like they're going around dropping bombs on planets and like the bombs of an AI and at some point it's gonna blow up and he has to convince it that it's actually a computer and like not not a sentient being and he has this discussion with the bomb and it's, it's funny. This sounds oh. very British. It's it, it feels feels very British. Yeah, isn't that the same like in war games? Kind of, yeah. Sort of. It's that idea, but it's you're looking about that kind of thing. But um, but Dan O'Bannon also. Like he he worked all these different movies. That was kind of the predecessor to this. He the one of the weird figures kind of sweeping in the background through this is Alejandro Jodorowsky. If anyone's seen Jodorowsky's Dune, the the documentary, which is fantastic, yeah. mm-hmm. incredible. But like he re- he met Dan O'Bannon because he brought Bannon was the guy who like sold all his possessions and moved to Paris to work on Jodorowsky's Dune. And then when it didn't pan out, he's like, hey, like, but. Here's Chris Foss, and here's all these other people. So it was basically a whole bunch of people who were like alumni of that project all went and did this movie. Yeah. So it's this movie had like kind of a couple of weird like antecedents to it. There was also supposedly um, when it comes to like the way that they designed all of this, I heard at one point that there was a like specific push because a lot of sci-fi that had come before it was usually your like Star Trek sparkly future. Very glitzy, yeah. Like, hey, humanity solved all of their problems. Hooray, yeah. like we're dealing with small things. And the a lot of the push, especially in the like set design and everything, was to push as far away from that instead of like nice like clean corridors like everything has yeah. a weird bump mat to it and it feels like there's just tubes and and uh corridors everywhere actually, actually sabrina what do you think about this now apparently ridley scott has confirmed that uh not only are alien and predator the same universe but they're also both the same universe as blade runner i thought that was confirmed quite a while oh, ago okay that thought he was a couple of years ago yeah no that was a while ago yeah no totally because Waylon yutani is also in blade runner i, I think so they that ha- was confirmed for a long time i think i i think definitely like the universe in blade runner kind of makes sense as the back like that's the earth that they're flying back to in alien yeah more or less and the the it does explain somewhat with the uh what was it like the replicants and the uh the cyborgs to some extent yeah, um, which oh. just I really wish now, like I, w- I wish we could see Rutger Hauer fight the alien. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and get down into it. Let's go through the beats of this here alien movie. Um, this this them their alien movie. The commercial space tug Nostromo is on a return trip to Earth with a seven member crew in stasis. Captain Dallas, executive officer Kane, warrant officer Ripley, navigator Lambert, science officer Ash and two engineers, Parker and Brett. Detecting a transmission from a nearby moon LV-426, the ship's computer, Mother, awakens the crew. Company policy requires any potential distress signal be investigated so they land on the moon, sustaining damage from its atmosphere and rocky landscape. Parker and Brett repair the ship while Dallas, Kane, and Lambert head out to investigate. They discover the signal comes from a derelict alien ship and enter it, losing communication with the Nostromo. Ripley deciphers part of the transmission, determining it to be a warning, but cannot relay this information to those on the derelict ship. I, I do enjoy it. Apparently, like the the working name for the derelict was the giant was the giant flying croissant. 
It does. Oh, yeah, it does. That or some sort of like dildo boomerang. That's <laughs> the best other description I can think of. Um, one thing I will say is this movie does a great, like, not only is the visuals good, but the characters feel very lifelike because yeah. there is, they're like, it does not feel like a script most no, of the they're time. Not, yeah, they're, they're not all like going on the stage and like, acting it's like my line is this then followed by your line which is this it's, like it's apparently yeah they apparently did a lot of a lot of the dialogue is improvised as far as just like they're hitting a couple of beats but like it's all it's very like naturalistic they, they also wrote out the characters to be like on, on on script like completely genderless yes so that way the director once they actually like start bringing in like actors to fill in the roles they could put plug in whoever they wanted which, yeah which i think helped make the characters feel a lot more real uh, As the there, movie went on. There's also some other uh, funny parts. So uh, Yafet Koto. Um, so basically, he was the one that played uh, Parker. Parker um, said that Ridley Scott told him specifically to annoy Sigourney Weaver <laughs> off camera, so that when they actually had interactions on camera, there would be tension. Oh man. Uh, he said later he regretted this because he really likes Weaver. Aww. <laughs> I'm sure she forgives him. Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of moments like that where they just made things like organic. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's like they're totally like these. They're all like they all like work in an office together, and they're just like, like oh, I gotta deal with this guy and this person. So yeah, you know, these two just keep wanting to talk about their shares, and they're like, we've got more important things <laughs> yeah. to deal with right now. Yeah, the ba- the banter is very like naturalistic, so mm-hmm. it's it's well I, well put together. I, there's a lot of I read about all like the this movie went through all these rewrites and revisions. Yeah. And it was originally like I think the dialogue was way more like acting, and they like they toned it way back because they realized it would sound like weird and fake. Yeah. Um, I really think my my from doing research for this, I just I, I've further reaffirmed that I think Ridley Scott is a very he's a very like Georgian Lucasian figure in that like he is a, like a conduit through which good ideas will occur, but he needs like heavy like handling mm-hmm. and a group dynamic for his movies to be good. Because so, so kind of like a Lucas type. That's what he was George, saying. Georgian yeah. Lucasian. There you go. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so, like, um, so his later works. I, I, I'm i just going to say right at the top that, like, I will do not at me. I will not talk about Prometheus. <laughs> at him so hard. <laughs> Man, I have never been more mad at a movie than I was at Prometheus. Prometheus wasn't even done by Ridley Scott. It wasn't. It was the covenant that Ridley Scott took back over. Okay, well, that was no better. I know, I know. I'm not saying that, okay, but I'm well, saying, I've, from what are, I remember, the mm, big thing about Prometheus was that it was not actually directed by Ridley it's, Scott. It, it's a whole Never thing. Never mind. But basically, it was like, directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah, he's <laughs> he, he has a very rocky like movie career. I could have sworn more he recently. Were, well, are you are mad because if he wasn't directing it? Maybe he took it over again. It, it was the it was mostly the screenwriter for Prometheus that kind of like Damon, took the helm. Yeah, Damon oh. Lindelof, that. and yeah, another, he just completely like another man who should be in a trash can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, let's take a look. Lost, leftover, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, into dar- a, a, a Lost, terrible. Into Darkness, the movie that I left going like. Wait, which Lost? The series Lost? Yes. TV series. The TV Lost is a good series. Oh. It was in the beginning. Yes, it was. In the it, beginning. And then like you get to the end of it and you realize like, oh, this is all a charade. And this is like. I didn't even watch. No, I didn't oh. watch the last season. Oh, like there's like. Yeah. They, they revealed basically, like, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing this whole time, and we just kind of hoped that we would finish the story, and mm-hmm. uh, we just kind of, like, sl- like so all, like, the twists and stuff were all just, like, we'll figure out what we're going to do next season. 
Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, but so the first couple seasons of Lost were actually pretty good. He did the screenplay for World War Z, the movie that's not about the actual World War Z. Oh. <laughs> he, well, he did, like, Into Darkness was a terrible movie. And I remember leaving the theater like, that was really bad. And then I went and looked at it, it's like, writer, Damon Lindelof. Oh, that explains it. Oh, wow. Because, because Dumpster Man also wrote, like, helped write Prometheus, which, again, like... Jeez, man, okay. anyway, well, one back, movie at a time. Back to a better <laughs> movie. <Yeah. laughs> uh, anything up to this point before we actually get into Bad I, Time Alien Land? I really like the, like, I like my sci-fi, like, slow and boring in the, sometimes. Like, this, this movie is great and how it, like, it really, like, builds up to the craziness. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I like, I like them, like, dwelling on, like, here's their terrible space, here's their, like, you know, junky spaceship and, like, building the mood and they, they really, like, build like they build the weirdness and like you see the alien ship and, like oh that's weird and you get close and there's like big vagina doors and like okay that's getting this is getting weird you know yeah. weird guys they do a really good job like showing how isolated and yeah. like suffocating like the environment is like there truly is like no escape to it there's yeah. like there, oh go, go I ahead i was gonna say like even before like things go down like things feel uneasy like even with like the music or even yeah. sometimes lack of it like yeah. it's just so atmospheric and storytelling there's there's some like very fun scenes in this that like also play out the duality of the two different groups like there's one particular scene where the uh the, the actual rescue group is leaving and there's just these cuts between like them leaving and then like the quiet stoic like Con, like the ship is nice and quiet and then it's yeah. a cut back to the outside where it's just like the storm wind and yeah. storms yeah. and everything and then another cut back to the ship and they're just like oh, I'm just gonna look at this monitor over here and another cut back to just them being in hell <laughs> look at my like 10 inch CRT monitor <laughs> yeah. yeah it's great that in the future we all just have lost yeah. all flat panels and it's <laughs> just like that's our old future yeah well Considering what we were working with back then, I we know. did not. The future. Uh, we obviously, we did not know that it was going to change that much. Right, right. It is. It is just funny to see, especially now. In now, you see like Alien Covenant or something like that, where it's it's everything super futuristic. Yeah. And like, what what happened between <laughs> like, in universe? What happened? Yeah. Everybody just took on like a retro to uh, just as just like, oh, hey, retro is the new cool thing. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to build our spaceship like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's OK, because it's really funny because obviously the game Alien Isolation bases very heavily on the original yeah. Alien movies. So they, they but, replicate so all the it, old, old yeah, ass technology. Exactly. But then I don't know. They still they add some stuff that's a little bit like newer, but it's not. It still matches. Yeah. The feel of like if you were on the Nostromo, it was basically like being on the Nostromo. They did such a good job. They obviously loved the original movies yeah. because mm-hmm. they took so many designs from the original sets. Yeah. It was crazy. So like I yeah, I was just gonna say I, I like the I liked how this movie was paced. Some people think it's very slow, but I like the build up. No, I really I liked it. I thought the build up was perfect for this movie. Yeah. It wasn't too slow. Mean I, oh uh, I'll go ahead and move forward. Yeah. Go Burp. ahead. All right. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Kane discovers a chamber containing hundreds of large egg like objects. Uh I, I will mention that the blue laser effect that they have there uh, is borrowed by from uh, from the Who. The Who, that's right. Who are like next door, and they're like, like "Oh, like you're making like an alien movie. I'll to use our laser." The brand new, this very cool effect, and then Ridley Scott's like, "Sure, well, yeah, whatever." Uh, so yeah, that that's all because of the Who being directly next door. That's, that's crazy. amazing. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. When he touches one, a creature springs out, breaks through his helmet, and attaches itself to his face. Oh, give me that good French kiss. <laughs> this is actually a, a scene from the movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> audio clipped from the I actually paused film. it because I was interested in seeing like the really quick scene you see of the alien hitting its face. And, like One of the shots is like, from inside the helmet, and you can see it like breaking through. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, it's like, oh, that's a little detail I didn't notice before. Uh, let's see. Dallas and Lambert carry the unconscious Kane back to the Nostromo as acting senior officer Ripley refuses to let them on board, citing Smart. quarantine regulations. But Ash overrides her decision mm. and lets them inside. Mm. Hmm. I wonder what's going on here. Hmm. I might hmm. spoilers, guys. There might be a reason, <laughs> I hate, huh? I hate these, hmm. hates these bagginses. <laughs> I want it. All right. Uh, Ash attempts to remove the creature from Kane's face, but stops when he discovers that its blood is an extremely corrosive acid. It later detaches on its own and is found dead. The ship's part. The ship is partially repaired, and the crew lifts off. Kane awakens with some memory loss, but is otherwise unharmed. During a final crew meal before returning to stasis, he chokes and convulses, and a small alien creature bursts from his chest, killing him and escapes around the ship. Spoiler alert for <laughs> one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, though, being a face hugger? Your total life cycle is to attach it. to someone, implanting it with a baby, and then dying. What a life. Uh, that, I think that's human beings. There's a lot of, there's a lot of creatures. It's a little more complicated than there's that. a lot of creatures where, like, they, like 80% they, of bugs do something like that. Like a lot of them that have like just a, have babies and die. Yeah. Yeah, no, like some, a lot of adult stage insects where they start off as like a caterpillar or something. Yeah. They're adult stages, all they they just reproduce and die. Like some of them can't even eat. Like what is it? Um Wait. We saw these like horrifying beetle monsters when we were on the East Coast. And we found out that they have these like giant gnarly like beetle like forms. It's that's like their adult like the final form of them uh-huh. and like they literally can't eat. Like they they ha- they like they molt out from the cocoon like that, and they just they live for like a week off of their internal energy stores and then just die. That's messed up. But they have big big old like chompers because they need to fight other like other ones for dominance. Man, retirement yeah, is the- hard for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I know there's some beetles like that, but the ones that I know of, the Hercules beetle, they live at least six months and they do eat. Some of the yeah, this is like different species, but uh, okay. there are species where like entire stage of their life, their entire purpose is just to reproduce and then keel over dead. Uh, I, I want to say a really cool thing about. I'm sure like everyone like knows about it. Like during the scene with like the chest bursting thing, eh. uh, they. But when they were shooting that scene, they didn't really tell a lot of the oh. actors of like what they were going to be doing. Like they knew that something was going to burst out of his chest, but yeah. didn't know about the copious amounts of blood that would be going all over everywhere, or like where the squibs would be aimed. Oh yeah, which and it right, was uh, right at their faces. It was especially pointed at uh, Veronica. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and so her screams and her falling in the scene was like her actually reacting to it. Aww. Like she was legitimately scared, which was great because her part was mostly written. Because she, she, the actress that played her really didn't like her part because mm-hmm. she just didn't feel like she was that complex. But she was made uh, to basically be the audience's reaction oh, to everything. So her okay. having that sort of genuine reaction to it just made, like, I think that part so much more powerful. Yeah. There's also yeah. other similar things that they've done when we finally progress to the alien proper in this movie. Where, like, they specifically were like, we are not showing the crew the alien. Yeah. So that when it pops out at them, it is really terrifying. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, they're basically just like, uh, walk down this hallway and do your lines, and then suddenly something is going to happen, and you deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Thanks, Ridley. <laughs> That's great, though. Yeah. I mean, it makes it so that some, when somebody is horrified, it's not like, uh, it's, it's like yeah. making a movie with a really trolly dad. Like, like your dad <laughs> is just like, yeah shoehorning his humor at you yeah you're forced to just live with it uh all right uh oh also there's actually, the thing that uh well speaking, John- well speaking of dads actually Ridley Scott did use his kids in this movie yeah he did so like the yeah mm-hmm. like they he they would like the shots where they're in like the spacesuits in the ship that mm-hmm. was like a that was like an underscale uh like set and they had his kids oh. in spacesuits so they could make it look bigger in the wide shots. Okay. And like his kids kept passing out because the lights, the set lights are so hot and they're wearing these like spacesuits. Oh, dad. Oh, my goodness. So just seeing Dad's. a small child just keel over. Just that was really like, like this is a recurring problem of just like you have really hot set lights and they're wearing these crazy costumes. Mm-hmm. So it's like just really unbearable. It so. was those who lasers, man. They were just so <laughs> hot. They will do that to you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The crew attempts to locate uh, the alien with a tracking device to capture and kill it uh, using nets, electric prods, and flamethrowers. Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) Uh, Brett follows the crew's cat Jones into a large supply room. We haven't even talked about the best character, the cat. Yeah, great. Jonesy. Jonesy. He's an orange kitty. Yeah. He's he's, he's that like movies do this with cats all the time where like. They make like the loudest hiss and then they run it at you and then run past you. It's a jump scare thing, but it's like no cat of owned has ever done anything like that. No. They just kind of go, ooh, skit, <laughs> skitter away. Yeah. Is that a toy? <laughs> yeah, there's there's never the jump scare where they're all having I've, I've food. Never and it's been, like, yeah. damn, cat on the table, off. I've never I've never been jump scared by my cat. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> there was something to say about the cat where, was it the captain that gets like his head crushed and like gets like pulled out through the vent? That was um, Herodine Sands' character. Right, okay, so yeah. And, and the cat was just like there, just kind of looking at it. That's a like, very yeah. cat thing to do. You sociopathic, <laughs> like, furball. What is wrong with yes, you? Yes, we're working together now. I know. I it looked like, like it was in cahoots. He's I didn't like, want to hear him the screaming cat. in the background. They just did the insert shot of the cat just like, I know. I, lo- I always loved that. It made me suspicious of the cat when I first I saw mean, it. I oh. mean, cats don't have that many facial expressions like a dog do, so it's not like you can expect the cats to suddenly look horrified. <laughs> it, also, it has no connection to Harry Dean Stanton, so it's just like, what are they doing over there? It would have been a very different movie if it was a dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they said just, appa- apparently that to get the cat to hiss, they actually had a German Shepherd on set, and they would put like a thing in front of it, and then when the cat was supposed to hiss, they would like lift it, and the cat oh. would see the jaw and go... Oh, like, I was wondering how they got it to hiss. <laughs> really like, oh, that's brilliant. Because it takes a lot to make a cat to hiss. Really, like, pop up and like... Yeah. It was, so, it was like, funny. It was so visceral when I saw him do that. He looked actually scared. So I was like, what did they do to get him to do that? I just like, there's this dog on set like, oh, what are we doing, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Is it playtime? Well, I guess Aww. I'll go back over here. It's eating some of the fish meat out of the face huggers. <laughs> <laughs> just like, Ew. Oh, craft services is really oh, good this time. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Uh, Brett follows the crew's cat Jones into a huge supply room where it is raining and has a lot of uh, chains. <laughs> chains, yeah. Uh, this, this is getting the space mutiny territory of like, the, you know, the. the I, I get the ship is old and crappy, but this is like, it's just like dripping water and there's just chains. Like, what is this room for? Uh, time to go into the rain murder chamber. I oh. think it's supposed to, like, there's a giant, like, 
claw thing. I think it's a giant like cargo like lifter. It's a uh, technically they said later it was the coolant area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is... the water is from the condensation. Uh okay. Yeah. yeah. Still seemed like a lot. Yeah, it was it was a lot, but that's basically what they were tra- they were trying to portray that this is where the coolant system is because later you find out that the alien pulls him through the coolant duct. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Where yes, as we continue on to this, where a now fully grown alien attacks him and disappears with his body, which I- doesn't really make sense because earlier they do show that he picks up the skin of when the alien was the still the chest burster size. So they want me to believe that the alien molted and grew up that fast yep. through one yeah. molt. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. alien. I think it's. Mul- I think the, I'm sure there's multiple. Yeah, molts. there has to be multiple yeah. molts. That but doesn't make sense just for I one molt. All, but that, I think that would just make this shot drag on. Yeah, or, or maybe it's just speed running through life. Or maybe <laughs> it's just the molt of like the the mouth version of it. Like mm. the, it's not actually the full body version of it, but it's just like, oh, it's just the mouth mold of that like second baby chomper. Teeth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. sure. I do like the. I. I. My. One of my favorite shots is when they you first get to see a little bit of the alien and like, they you see like the full like kind of partially translucent head. Yeah. Uh, which if, it's not visible really in the movie, but there's like a human skull inside of it. Yes. yes. Yeah. All the good alien figurines show that it's see-through, yeah. Uh, After a heated discussion, the crew decide the creature must be in the air ducts. Dallas enters the ducts, intending to force the alien into an airlock, but is ambushed and dies. I feel like they they, they should have cut that that final shot like another quarter second, because the the alien goes... And like, yeah. kind of jazz hands it, and it just like it lingers <laughs> just a little bit too long, and, and it and yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Or just like darken it a bit more so you just see like basically something reaching out real fast, yeah. and that's about it. I do like I saw like one of them pointed out that apparently that when Harry Dean Stanton walks into the big like dripping water room, you can see the alien like hanging from the ceiling in the wide shot. Apparently, nice. Uh, there, there's a few like it happens later, and Sabrina pointed it out, but basically a few scenes where. The alien is just there in plain sight but there's just everything yeah. dangling that you're like oh oh okay uh let's see lambert employs the others to abandon ship and escape in its small shuttle but ripley now in command explains it will not support four people and says that they will continue the plan of flushing out the alien now with access to mother ripley discovers ash has been secretly ordered by the company to bring the alien back with the crew deemed expendable she confronts Ash, who then attempts to choke her to death with a magazine. What's uh, that about? Exactly? Yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. He's like a, he's a robot. He's full of he's full of like noodles. I don't know. Like, but but okay, fine, choke her. But why with a magazine? Like, there's still like a breathing hole through the middle. I I read a t- there was a there was a trivia point on IMDb. So you know, of course, whether or not it's verifiable, but apparently, like when that scene explained to Ripley, like. It, uh, I think because Ridley Scott is British, isn't he? Yes, uh, he or like, uh, he obviously has bl- British slang. Because so. he said so he explained it as like, oh, he's going to take this like rolled newspaper and like, like put it like shove it into your hooter. Yeah, because that was like a slang for your mouth. And she was like, what? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> it sounds so much more filthy than it actually it is. It sounds way dirtier. And, and, and yeah, and in because like, in America, that is a breast. Yeah, and she's like, what's going on in this scene? Or a place <laughs> to get beer and chicken wings. <laughs> I went to a Hooters once. It didn't go well. No. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Don't be 18 lonely and go to a Hooters. (laughs) And and an awkward awkward kid. Oh, I only have a debit 
park card to play with. All right, you sad kid. Get out of here. Um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, Ash tries to choke her to death. Parker intervenes and clubs Ash, knocking his head loose and revealing him to be an android who just leaks milky goodness. I don't uh, think they, they. I think they build on the second movie when they show Bishop and he's like drinking milk, and it's like for mm-hmm. some reason the only like androids can only drink milk. Hmm. I don't know what well, the, that was the the actor uh, who played the android actually hates milk, so that's why he's like constantly gurgling it up because he hates it like when it's in his mouth. So hmm. it made like a cool effect, but he's actually just like really gross now. I'm oh, lactose wow. intolerant. I hate this. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> and it's funny too because at the very end when she like kicks the head over and it like topples over, it has a smile on its face. It's because that the the prop itself actually shrank. And it affected the expression that it had because it had like a really plain, like kind of stoic face, but it just got like a weird grin on it because it just. Oh, is that why he's forced to smile at the end? Yeah. Because they wanted to make it look like match. Yeah. And, oh, and wow. there's too much crunch and they couldn't like make a new head. So they just had to use the weird smiley one. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Ash's head is reactivated, and they learn that he was assigned to ensure the creature's survival. He expresses admiration for the creature's physiology, unhindered by conscience or morality, and taunts them about their chances of survival. Ripley then cuts the power, and as they leave, Parker incinerates him. Yeah, take that, you robot. You bad, bad, bad thing. You'll get more of the yeah. same. Uh, yeah, and there's always an android in the Alien movie. That's why I always go for Apple instead uh. of Android. <laughs> the remaining crew decides to self-destruct the Nostromo and escape in the shuttle. Parker and Lambert are killed by the creature as they gather supplies. Ripley initiates the self-destruct sequence, but finds the alien blocking her path to the shuttle. I, what? I, so I know self-destruct thing. Like, where did that start in science fiction? Was that just? It was because this is before Star Trek. I tried to look up some details about before self-destruct. The, um, two. There is, so in real life, there are some mechanisms that actually do have self-destruct. For instance, I believe nuclear warheads actually do have a means that can be, they can self-destruct, meaning they become inoperable. Yeah, it's just, it's more like, why would this ship, the only reason you would have to have self-destruct is if, like, it was under a threat of being captured. And I don't think, because well, it's not a military ship, and there's no space pirates. The, the, the ship is owned by, like, a huge corporation, right? With, with like, tightly closed, like, secrets. And yes. That. So I assume that they probably just want to, like, preserve their secrets or any specimen they might have yes. on board. To, yeah. uh, that's my only guess. Yeah. I mean, or if they suspect that there's, like, in this case, an alien life form on board and yeah. they can't just, fucking catch it. It just seems, just seems awfully convenient. Yeah. Um, and the, let's see, going, uh, we have, uh, there actually is the option for, uh, military vessels, uh, like they actually can do a complete scuttle of like, uh, warships and subs Mm -hmm. and stuff just to make sure like, oh, we have nothing. If anybody takes this, like basically it's it's just like as a, a cargo hauler in a universe where there aren't like space pirates or like space Klingons that are going to take your ship. It does seem like an odd choice. Yeah. I need to self-destruct this bus. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's like I, it, you know, something like yeah, yeah. This my my eighteen wheeler needs a self-destruct. 
my ATV needs to blow up now. Well, you just have to make sure that it doesn't go like, what, 80 miles an hour or 60 yeah, yeah, yeah. miles an hour or whatever yeah. that movie was. Uh, the remaining crew decide to self-destruct in Nostromo. Ripley initiates self-destruct but finds the alien blocking the path. She retreats and attempts unsuccessfully to abort the self-destruct. With no further options, she makes her way to the shuttle and barely escapes as the Nostromo explodes. I know it's to enhance the drama, but like, why did they make it so difficult to... Shouldn't that just, I mean, I get the whole idea where you need multiple like people turning their keys, but why well, can't it just be that? I mean, suspense is yeah. basically it. I do yeah. like, I'm, I am, like, once again, Ripley being one of the best characters ever rescues, brings her cat with her. Well, Gotta I, get Jonesy. Yeah, but Jones got left behind a few times, and then also when she did have <laughs> she was throwing the crate he was in around all Rawr! over the place. Rawr! Yeah, that's like, the sound effect that was missing. I know there's actually not a cat in there right now when they're shooting this, but I just felt like if a cat was, I felt so sorry. Just, so at the end, when he's acting all like hissy and stuff, like, I feel you, dude. I just like, the, like a Monty Python level. Like, <laughs> I do like that the alien like takes a look at Jonesy and is like, huh. Well, you see, like it's in a different place than where she left it because he's actually knocked the ca- the case is knocked over. Yeah. So obviously the alien was messing with it for a little while, but then I guess it figured it wasn't worth its time because they're actually pretty smart. It's the, the the other thing too is uh, with Jonesy, like if like in the movie, um, uh, Ripley was like. Jonesy was the only thing that, like, Ripley, like, showed compassion for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she didn't care about the rest of anyone else, like, in the crew. Not, 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 not like, on a deeper level. Because, like, one of the themes of the movie is uh, about, like, motherhood. Like, mm-hmm. some of it being thrusted upon you and some of it, like, it just happens. Because mm-hmm. um, it's planned out. So, like, that, that was just a part of it about why, like, she saved the cat. Okay. Like, there, there's, like, a deeper, like, thing going on with I it, mean, but. if I had a cat on my ship and something like that happened to me, I'd go I'd go and get the cat, yeah, too. I, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a nice touch. It's, yeah. it's all about mothers. Some of your mothers are good and will pick up your carrier, and some of them deem you inexpendable and yeah. that you need to return the alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why the computer's name was Mother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah. Uh, that was the joke I was making. Uh, uh, let's see. As Ripley repairs for stasis and takes off all of her clothes. Uh, yeah. Like, taking off clothes scene in this movie. Apparently you can't sleep with clothes on in stasis. They, they said apparently like, the original plan was they were all just naked in the stasis chambers. But then they're like, eh, then we have to deal with like censorship yeah. and all they, that stuff. So. They were also going like wanted to state originally that just like there was just constant sex on oh, these ships. Yeah, well, I thought we were going to get in that in the post like. This movie, like, like I say, in the Georgian Lucasian sense, like, there were a bunch of dumb elements in this movie that they like very fortuitously cut out. Well, but then added into like Prometheus. Yes. Yeah. And because it's a terrible garbage movie. <laughs> How are, oh, you're what are your me feelings? that all the bad elements in this movie were taken out and put into that movie? I'm shocked, Josh. <laughs> Uh, as Ripley prepares for stasis, she discovers that the alien is on board, having yes. decided that they were going to make the ship hot and keep the only cold part in the actual shuttle bay. Whoops. That's yeah, and she left the doors open. Shame. Always got to close those doors. Uh, having wedged itself into a narrow space, she puts on a space, shoot, space, space suit. 
and uses gas to flush the creature out. It approaches Ripley, but before it can attack, she opens an airlock door, almost blowing the creature into space. She manages to hang on by gripping the frame. Ripley shoots it with a grappling hook, but the gun catches on the airlock door as it closes, tethering the alien to the shuttle. As it floats into one of the engine exhausts, Ripley ignites them to blast the creature free. After recording the final log entry, she places herself and Jones the cat into stasis for the trip home to Earth. Can we talk about the thing that she's saying when she's flushing the alien out? Okay. You are my lucky star. She just kept saying that over and over again. It's a again. song, apparently. She's singing. Oh, is that what it is? That I Because I was like, I didn't recognize it. Yeah. So I was wondering if it was like it's just a, something she was saying or if it was a song. It's a song, and they apparently were annoyed because they had to then go buy the rights to the song. And they said the it was very expensive. Uh, yes. So something that she just utters over and over is an old song that the studio was then like. It's like one uh, line. They, it was, she literally just repeated one line. They had to get a copyright I, for it. I guess it. so. Oh, what, it was, what song was it? The you Are My Lucky Star. I've never heard of that. Okay. It's like on the same vein where you can't say it's on like DK uh, because Nintendo actually got that copywritten. Hmm. So if you actually say that in movies, you got to pay them royalties. It's on, it's on like Diddy Kong. Yeah. Done it. Yeah. Yeah. Fixed see? It. Yeah. That's see? the royalty, royalty free version see? of that. You just got to, you just got to get the right Kong. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And um, with that, that is Alien. Would you enjoy some Alien trivia? Oh, there's a lot. Oh, there's so much of it. There's 320 like, items on like IMDb. I was, well, like I was saying, like this movie got rewritten a bunch and they changed a bunch of things. And thankfully, some of like the really, the dumbest elements were taken out. Um, like, yeah, there was the whole, there's a whole thing where there's all this like, constant like casual sex going on which doesn't make any sense because they're in stasis the whole time what like that that seemed like a uh, that's totally just a like ooh, let's have let's just they're all they're all like on set like oh but shouldn't they, wouldn't they be in stasis for all like you know 10 years of this voyage oh yeah i guess and then like you have to sadly zip his pants back up <laughs> um so there's that there was like there's gonna be a scene where like the alien is like way more like sexually aggressive like in some way, it was gonna like corner Ripley, and then it's like it's like touching itself. It's like really weird. I mean, well, that's not the touching itself bit, but there is like the aliens version where it just does that like, "Hey, baby!" Like that that entire like scene where the other like tiny mouth comes out. That's the, that's in the third one. Yeah, that's the oh, third one. All right, which is we a, don't talk about. That. Hey, sweetie. yeah, that's a and, terrible yeah. And, terrible movie. And the reason, never mind, no spoilers. No spoilers for the fourth it. movie, which is also just terrible, terrible garbage. I only saw the fourth movie once, and yep. it wasn't even the full movie, so I can't really comment on it. It's bad. Um, the When it was being written, the director specifically wanted to make men really uncomfortable with it. Yeah, this movie. Uh, for, for, the first, for the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, 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 he said like, I want men to like cross their legs because like, just like, we're so like, like humans, like even like today, like we're just so like, like sex upsets us. Well, uh, like weird stuff involving. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that's also the specific, the reason that John Hurt was the first one to get the alien on him because he yeah. wanted like, Hey, listen, I want like the fear of pregnancy and a yeah. guy. Like I want to make sure that it's, it's, that, that is this yeah. like, well, it's, it's something they that feel normally, dangerous, especially mm -hmm. like a horror movie, especially at this time is like definitely the domain of like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to like titillate the audience by like using like violence and sexual menace against female characters. And this one, it's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna find John Hurt, who's like 
He's a you know a very serious upper uh, you know very important British actor. He's in this in, he's in this movie and other movies, and like he he gets he gets put through the cycle of like sexual assault and then like forced pregnancy and like like you know, of like a violent like birth sequence. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like ah like all the all the guys want going to go watch this movie because they think it's going to be like women in like panties running around and being chased with alien. It's like. No, we're gonna give. We're gonna turn the formula around. Only it, for one minute is it that? Yeah, <laughs> but it's just, powerful. Just, yeah, that's, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, to give you a good example of this, for the chest burster sequence, John Hurt uh, stuck his head, shoulders, and arms through a hole in the mess table, linking it into a mechanical torso that was packed with compressed air and lots of animal guts. Uh, the rest of the cast were not told about the real blood and guts that were being used so as to provoke a genuine reaction of shock and disgust. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this worked so well that Yaffa Koda went home for, uh, in complete shock <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> locking himself in a room and refusing to talk to his wife for several hours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, honey, I was work today. <gasps> That's terrible. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wait till you hear about Kubrick. Yeah, Kubrick, oh, no, Kubrick no. is a. I've, I've heard okay. stories. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, especially wait. on The Shining. The Shining, especially that was the That's worst wild. story I heard about him. Even in like the movie The The Fall, I don't know if you guys have seen The Fall. But, I don't know. Uh, one of the main so. characters is a little girl, and she's really, really young. And one of the ways to get her to legitimately cry is the director would pull her off set, yell at her, and then put her back on screen so she'd have like gen- like genuine fear on like <laughs> going on. It's That's messed up. Yeah, is this Kubrick again? Oh no, I don't think so. Oh, okay, okay, no, no, no. But it's just another like one of those moments where like when you're directing cool, cool and you really want to get like yeah it's oh my goodness but uh and there's a lot of that in this movie and yeah go on now I'm just going through uh, I would say like there's just elements that were rewritten and changed and the movie was drastically improved by it um, they originally were planning on like the whole sequence where like the ship was going to be like attached to this like alien pyramid like temple mm. and that was those were like the original inhabitants of this planet that they got like consumed by the aliens and then the space jockey landed it, and they're like oh and they like they also like crashed and then they found an alien and it faced and it hashed one of them and then killed oh, all those chase jockeys okay yeah yeah so the idea was the humans showing up like they're the third just showed up here and like oh no aliens yeah um that would make sense but it's like apparently like the whole temple thing was scrapped just for like time and budget mm. okay but okay so here here's the thing like the since the alien is such like a popular franchise it obviously branched out into comic books one of the craziest stories i read about that one of the comic books covered was that there's this alien colony that took over another like a human colony basically and instead of killing everybody what the aliens did is they somehow hooked up the people to this weird network where basically oh, yeah. it force fed them and mm-hmm. uh, and took care of all their other stuff, but they were stuck. And then when they needed them to make more humans to to be able to have their uh, their babies put in, what they would do is they would then take a female and a male and yeah. force them to have sex and then put them back up. And you, so you there'd be these pregnant women in this one yeah. room. And as soon as they'd give birth, I guess they would let the babies grow and then they would put face huggers on them so they could make more yeah. aliens. The, 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 <laughs> the aliens aren't like... They're they are, super smart. Well, but the, they're not like they're not like that. They're like the, the alien is like a, is still like an operating on like animal intelligence. Yeah, no, 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 because it's like um they're, they're not going to set like, up a whole scheme. Like they're they're like this predatory like creature. 
them. That was that was know, them doing it. I, I would I would argue that that comic plot is out of keeping with the actual alien. No, as far as I know, it's all it's. It's the comics all, are pretty wild. Yeah, the the comics. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, a lot of no, it's supposed to be part of the whole thing. Yeah, and think, that was like one of the craziest stories. I think that's extended universe, not canon. But <laughs> also think about this: aliens are technically hive mind. If you want to follow the fact that there's a queen, then there's all the soldiers that protect the queen. Right, but like, well, oh, well, I should say that the queen was not added until the second movie. No, I understand yeah. that, but I'm saying as far as the comics, the comics are including all the movies mm. in, in them. So the the comic wasn't just about the first movie; it was about the universe as a whole. Yeah. Well, a the, bunch of side stories. Yeah, well, the, the the one that's interesting. Apparently, the original idea in this was that the alien would kill someone. And then it would like it, it would like ex, it would look a spider salt kind of thing. It would excrete like this like cocoon around them, mm. and then it would like they would like it would like melt the human down into a new egg. Huh. And so that was how they reproduced. And it was like there's a because there's a cut scene from this movie where she finds Dallas being turned into an egg, and like oh. that, that was cut out. And then that was what we, and then when they went to aliens, they were like, no, we want to make them like an insect hive. Those are queen. Okay, so when they were first when they first designed the the xenomorphs, they were thinking about that first way. Yeah, and then the second movie, they for some reason they decided to change that up. I, like, I mean, I like the queen. I do like the queen cool, because cool element. Yeah, then you have a more badass xenomorph to go against at um, the end. Though yeah. the the entire like alien way that you make aliens is a very strange thing. Where yeah. basically yeah. it's like, okay, so you need. The alien queen to lay an egg. A egg makes a face hugger. A face hugger needs a different creature that it, it, that it hosts inside of. And that plants what turns into an alien because it takes the DNA of that creature and mixes it up into it's alien like, type. And yeah. then it creates so an alien. The, the and the cycle like goes along. Well, the inspiration for, from by Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon were actual like parasitic wasps that would lay their eggs in like living insects. And then the insect, like the eggs hatch, and the like the grubs like burrow the way out of the insect. Uh, can so. you imagine just being like an alien child yeah. and being like, "Mom, where did babies come from?" <laughs> well, uh, when you burst out of daddy, yeah. Uh, yeah but, like- <laughs> but that's the thing. Like the, even if you, the the wasp plant implanting eggs inside of a hose, yeah, that's still way more simple. And to the point than what the xenomorphs actually do. Because it's- think about all the waste of energy and time and just you know protein that goes into this well they said yeah they basically said like um and latex this was all just stuff <laughs> like ky jelly lot of, lot yeah. of, <laughs> I, I i just i think it was just like eh, this is this is interesting and it keeps the suspense going yeah i mean i like it it's like i know it's not that i don't like it it's just yeah. when you think about it really hard you're like that doesn't make sense Evolutionary wise, it do, it it seems like a waste. Come on, aliens, of, get with like, it! I know energy <laughs> recycle. Like, yeah, I, do, <laughs> I don't. I think it's it's also it's it's like an explanation that's not really said in the movies, but it's like heavily implied is that like the aliens they don't eat or anything, and like they're basically like a living battery because they have acid blood, and he uh-huh. mentions they have like a metallic like silicon like carapace uh-huh so basically they get their energy from because they're like from like acid reactions inside their body so then what's okay then in this not not thinking about the other movies but when we think about just the alien in this movie then what is the basis of the alien killing everyone then if it doesn't 
eat. It's just a killer. Yeah, like, well, if you if, follow the other movies, like they're basically just a weapon. Yeah, I was just gonna say that they 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 were well, designed by uh, the aliens in Prometheus, like the. The oh, engineers. The engineers. I mean, I, I understand I know, that, but I I'm know. just saying, if you, if you don't think about the other movies, because when they made this movie, they, oh, didn't, ha- the they human... didn't have any of this in their head. Oh, at the yeah. Time. I think, I think, oh, I, I always just assumed it was the, it's a drone and it's responding to, like, these humans are a threat to the hive. I yeah. need to kill them. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't guess, think it's, I, don't, I didn't then, think it was anything more than that. But then it's not even close to its hive at that point. It doesn't know that. It yeah. just knows that, like... It, humans brought me here. I must protect the hive. You're not kill. an a- you're not an alien, so therefore I must kill you. Yeah, they're not giving they're not giving a directive. There's no there's no maybe no maybe no queen left in LV four four two six. I have a feeling there's no queen. Maybe like, they just didn't know how to socialize, and they just maybe they made did. all yeah. the wrong steps <laughs> to make friends. Now now I'm feeling this weird like divergent <sighs> universe where basically it's just like no, this is just a sad little alien yeah. boy away from home. They just needed like, a powwow. Like they just like to be left alone and left to done their thing. Like the face hugger thing is just unfortunately just like there's some sort of creature that is fine with that on their home planet i don't know uh but like yeah it's just it's just all an unfortunate situation they're really sorry that they do this guys it's just the way they are i like the i like the level in alien vs predator where you as the human where you have to fight the queen not again it's so (laughs) it's so cool you're in a giant airlock and you have to like you can't your guns don't do any damage to the queen so you have to like run around the airlock like starting the sequence that will open the doors Mm-hmm. But, if, but if the queen catches you, she'll kill you. And and you all can enjoy this on the new Saturday Friends Twitch stream. I guess we're going I, to have if, to if do for this. Me, <laughs> like tear it up in that game. I'm more than welcome to. I huh. do want to finish playing Alien Isolation, but I can't do it by myself. Josh, this is speaking to how much we cat. like this movie. It sounds I, like I you might like say. it. Um, here's an interesting thing I actually found off of IMDb to wrap this up. Uh, the budget estimated for this movie is $11 million. Oh. What? How much do you think it actually made its first weekend? I don't. Ooh, I, th- I have no idea. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I read that it was a four million dollar budget, uh, like a four point one million. They actually increased it, and you have to think estimated because like marketing costs. Yeah, on top true. of it. So apparently, true. what happened was Ridley Scott went and like storyboarded the movie himself. Yeah, and when oh, they wow. sh- he showed the storyboard to the studios, they they doubled the budget. It's, it's like something that doesn't ever seem like it happens. No. It's cow. like, oh, hey, how about some more they money? They also apparently kept trying to stiff, like, H.R. Geiger on this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, they wouldn't give him credit, and they wouldn't pay him as, like, a full producer. And so it was, it was apparently this whole thing. Yeah. I so, want to guess that they made so 800000 oh, $800, million. The amount Ugh. that they got on opening weekend was $3.5 million. Ouchie. Yeah. Surprising that its opening weekend was not good. This is one of those movies I think that Why? was like got very mixed reviews. Its gross but... USA was only 81 million. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> its cumulative worldwide was 106 million. No way. It did not wow. make a ton of money. I thought worldwide it would have been like 800 million. No. But then how did they get a sequel? I mean, that's more. Well, 10 the, times the budget. Like, yeah. That's worth. And it was like a. It was just like I think it was like when it initially came out, like people didn't know what to think of it, yeah. and then but then like it got a bunch of critical, it won awards and all of this stuff. So I yeah, think because it's a really gorgeous movie. Well, so I think like I think shortly after it came out, then more, when it got a wider release, everyone's like, oh, this is a really good movie. They, they were also oh. riding on the hype. Like Star Wars just came out, like yeah. a couple years yeah. before that. Yeah. So they yeah. Blade, like a space movie. Blade Runner suffered from that. Apparently, like a lot of people went to see Blade Runner thinking it's going to be like Star Wars, and it's yeah. like. This weird, dark, like <laughs> neo noir movie, and like Rutger Hauer is like talking about tears in the rain. It's like he's got Han Solo in it. Oh, Han Solo's wait, no. in it. I mean, I love that's the thing 
though. Like I love, and Edward James almost. I lo- oh my god, <laughs> when he was younger. Yes, he's still um, he's still craggy craggy faced gentleman. I know, but when he was younger. I mean, now he's totally looks like my dad, so but not really. But. I'm actually surprised looking at this because I just looked at the box office for Aliens. Aliens had a budget of 18 million. Opening weekend was only 10 million. What on earth? And its gross was 85 million in the U.S. with 131 worldwide. These wow. movies have not actually made that much money. That's jaw dropping. They just like basically they're just. Don't tell me this is a cult. A cult. No, it's not, because I think that the greater world of just, like, they know that it's something that is, like, basically is pop culture. Yeah. Like, it has enough weight. It's not just a cult classic. You make ten times your budget, especially back then. I mean, I can still get, like, alien figurines, like... Didn't even like the Wizard of Oz not really break even until long, long after its release? I think that was yeah, that was another movie that was like much better, like had a much better like appeal like much later. Yeah, it wasn't until the mm. '90s when like the VHS releases came out. Then it started making crazy money. You're gonna hate wow. the fact that Alien Three actually made way more money worldwide than Alien Two. Well, <laughs> how even that explains everything. Though uh, so Alien Three, if you look at it, budget five hundred or uh, fifty million dollars, uh, grossed in the U.S. fifty-five million. Yeah, that, no, well, fifty million that was squandered in like rewrites and reshoots. Oh yeah, that movie went through like three directors. They, they had to make and like, multiple scripts. Yeah, Seriously? yes, mm-hmm. it was a disaster. Why? Why? What was the problem with the third one? Have like, you seen? It's terrible. I haven't seen the oh, third one well, in a really long time. It, yeah, it was like a movie that like they wrote it and then there was like a dispute where like the director got fired and yeah, they, they got pushed a director him out. and they rewrote it. Like So was Ridley Scott not the one who did the third movie? I don't think so. Uh, let's see. I'm backing up to Alien uh, with the three. Alien Cubed. Uh, yeah, the Cubes Aliens. <laughs> uh, let's see. Looking at this, director David Fincher. Huh. Yeah. How do they not get... I okay. think Scott might have been involved, and then they kicked him off. Like it went, it got rewritten, and like they had to reshoot huge sections of the movie. And like, yeah, the, so the, disjointed. the whole reason why they show the like the opening scene is like, oh, those two characters you love from the previous movie, yeah, they're dead off camera. Yeah, like that was that was just a total like we've had to reshoot this scene, like this movie, like three times. We need to like cobble this together into a coherent script. So it's like, yeah, we just have to kill Bishop and Newt. Yeah, and Alien Resurrection by Jean Pierre Jeannot. Oh. By who? Jean Pierre Jeannot. Cool. <laughs> Terrible movie. Uh, uh, Awful. It, it appears that people agree that considering it had a $75 million budget and grossed US $47 million. Ooh, yeah. Though ouchy. still even more cumulative worldwide of $161 million. Well, that's going to happen. So, you know, they had a bunch of international actors in it. Yeah. So. But, that's crazy. Well, anyway, but I would, I would, just, and then on top of all of this, just the the design of the alien and the like, the crazy psychosexual imagery that it represents is all like, give it up for my man H.R. Geiger. <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> I like his art is really interesting and is you know cool and creepy and disturbing and hits hits like weird thing, like parts of the human psyche and it's hard to look away from it. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. and so it's like it's cool that like this movie and like how much. Uh, how many things he influenced? Because yeah, also uh, Dune. It's like trying a terrible like, movie. even trying to think about like 
what Alien would have been like without that visual Nothing. influence. It would not, like, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be such a huge... The, the, yeah, it's, it's so cool because this Alien is so different from any other movie Alien up to that point. Yeah. It's like, this is like really it's like it's truly like threatening and weird and like otherworldly yes. and yeah like and the fact it's very that it, alien the fact that it's like it every part of it looks like a dick or a vagina <laughs> yeah uh, both at once well and if you look at like every other creature that pretty much had been like Chewbacca shown yeah it's basically like oh it's just a, all right this is just my, a hairy human my forehead is a different color therefore <laughs> I am from space oh. didn't the guy that played the actual alien itself was just some guy they found at a bar yeah he was like he's a he's I, naturally like seven feet tall or something and yeah. has very like stringy arms yeah. so basically they were looking for somebody that looked almost insectoid so yeah. go to a bar if you need to find someone like go, that. yeah <laughs> also apparently like uh John Hurt was uh was the guy that originally was gonna we're gonna cast as as Kane got like blacklisted in South Africa because he was a vocal opponent of apartheid. Oh boy! And then like what a thing! And, and then it was like that was somehow gonna hurt it. But then like John Hurt said like I also was a vocal oh. opponent of apartheid, but like they just didn't notice, didn't didn't blacklist me. He died in ninety two. Who? The guy that played the alien in the first oh. movie. Oh wow. He was only 39 because he had sickle cell anemia. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh. oh, wow. Yeah, he was seven foot two inches. Yeah. Big boy. That's a foot more than me. Uh, all well, right. You'll get well, there someday, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't wow, worry. The grave, so the grave will find wow, me. That, he was so skinny. He looks skinny. like a man who has been, like, like have, you, have you stretched this picture about 20%? <laughs> yeah. he, he looks Photoshopped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, wow. But I mean, like, good, like, Good on him. I've seen a clip of footage of him in the alien costume between shots, like, and they've got fans on him to cool him down because mm-hmm. it's all rubber. Oh, yeah. And so they, it's just the alien sitting there, like, oh, yeah. They had <laughs> to actually, because of the way the suit was, they actually had to build a swing for him to sit in. Yes. Wow. Because, like, basically, there was Couldn't no really way to sit. sit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, oh. I'm going to take a random guess from this group to say the alien is still good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's timeless. Uh, <laughs> this screen five, test image is amazing. Five out of five tail whips to the face. Yeah, I, I give it five. I held the actual prop, and you guys didn't. Out of I five. I, hold, wow, I held the dick vagina. <laughs> yeah. Look, look at the screen test for it. This though. works super yeah. well it's, right now. They just gave him a really long head. And he's naked. I this works so well right now yeah. on audio. Is, yeah, yeah, perfect visual thing visual for an audio jokes show. On an audio podcast. <laughs> All right, uh, you should go see Alien if you haven't ever yeah, seen Alien. It's, it's good, or rewatch it again. The great Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know it's it's otherworldly horror. It is so, so uh, cool. It's so great. Uh, it you know it's like opening up a box of uh, of terror. Um, similar to finding a small box of terror oh boy. that one may open and uh, evil Sabrina fetish things come out. Uh, uh, Sabrina is offended even by this comparison. <laughs> so uh, next episode is my choice, and I have an interesting choice because I'm going to watch a movie. I have suggested a movie that I never actually finished watching. It it is. Gave, you the, gave you the heebies and the jeebies. We will find out next episode oh, okay. when I bring up Hellraiser. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that sound is. That's supposed to be like the sound from Psycho. Yeah, exactly. That sounds more like a mouse having sex. That's, that's yeah. like a truck. Whoa. That's like a truck backing up. Like <laughs> <laughs> a diverse. Yeah. 
You just you just find in Psycho, it's not actually making that noise. There's just somebody making a delivery. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sign for Mr. Bates. Uh, all right. Well, we will catch you next time. Uh, you can find us over at satfriendsclub.com, Twitter at satfriendsclub.com. You can also find us uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash satfriendsclub, where we have all of our lovely Patreon donors uh, that you can find over there. You can join our Discord and chat and submit episodes when we got coming up. Well, obviously, we may even uh, open up some uh, some submission stuff come later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some great episodes got uh, thought up. And as said, Hellraiser next episode. Uh, so that takes care of us for this. We will catch you next time for more Saturday Friends Fun. Until then, uh, go ahead and sleep well, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night.